1741, a Danish sailor in the service of the Russian Navy, Vitus Bering, led his second expedition into the sea between Russia and Alaska, the sea that today bears his name. With the expedition sailed a German naturalist, Georg Steller. The expedition turned out to stretch into the winter, and a storm battered the ships. Bering and Steller's ship was stranded on one of what today are called the Commander Islands, just uh, off the coast of Kamchatka on the Pacific coast of Russia. Over 20 men on that ship died from scurvy, including Bering himself. It was eight months before the ship could be repaired enough for the survivors to leave. 46 sailors survived all that time on what is essentially a barren, frozen rock in the middle of an unforgiving ocean. The reason they survived was a marine mammal they had never seen before, but which was found in great numbers in the waters around the island, one that had plenty of meat and was incredibly easy to hunt. This animal would eventually be named for the expedition's resident scientists. So, we know it today as Stellar's Sea Cow. Within only 27 years of that expedition, the Stellar's Sea Cow would be gone forever. This is the Extinction Files. Dan Jocelyn, and this is the second episode of The Extinction Files. This is a podcast where, in every episode, we tell the story of one recently extinct animal. Man has lived alongside some amazing creatures that are missing from today's world, and in this podcast, we hope to keep alive the memory of a few of them, and uh, hopefully uh, spark some uh, curiosity out there. Everyone knows about whales and dolphins, large mammals that long ago adapted to a completely aquatic existence. What is less well known to many is that there are a completely different family of mammals that is completely adapted to life in the water, and that family is called the Sirenians. They are named after the sirens of Greek mythology, and they're thought to have inspired the story of the mermaid, though... It's hard to believe that even the most desperate sailor would ever mistake one for a beautiful maiden. Today, there are four species of Serenian, all of which are considered endangered. There are three species of manatee, which can be found in the Caribbean, the Amazon, and in Africa, and the dugong, a similar animal that lives in the Indian Ocean. I have had the chance to see manatees in person a few times in my life, most recently a few years ago at an aquarium in Seoul, South Korea of all places. There was actually an aquarium that was located within a huge mall, but they had an exhibit uh, devoted to manatees. And uh, the best description I've heard of them is from my mother, who said it was like watching couches float by. Um, the West Indian manatee, the one most familiar to most Americans, is around 10 feet long. It's thick and blubbery, with wrinkly, 
mostly bare skin, and a snout adapted for rooting through the debris on the floor of the ocean shallows where it lives looking for food. The Serenians are a completely unique type of mammal, though scientists have discovered that their closest living relatives are actually the elephants. So now, instead of a ten-foot couch floating past, imagine something three times as big, 30 feet or 9 meters long. That's not a floating couch, that's a floating bus. And that's not just in terms of length. The stellar sea cow may have weighed as much as 24,000 pounds, which is at least as much as a school bus with all the kids on it. That's as much as four killer whales. And somehow, the sea cow fueled all of that bulk on a diet made up solely of kelp, which is a sea plant that grows in stalks in entire forests in the shallows around places like the Commander Islands. At one point, the sea cows were very successful. We know this from the fossil record, which has turned up similar animals all over the northern Pacific, all the way south to Japan and California. But by the time man found them, their range had been severely reduced to the area directly around the Commander Islands, and perhaps a few other island chains. For example, there's an oral tradition on Atu, one of the outermost of Alaska's Aleutian Islands, that seems to refer to sea cows, so it's possible that the animals lived there into historical times as well. Now, the reasons for this decline in range are completely unclear to us today. But by the time Bering's expedition stumbled onto them, the sea cows may very well have already been in a lot of trouble. Few naturalists have been through as much for their work as Georg Steller. He spent months stranded on Bering Island with a bunch of surly sailors who hated him. Partly they hated him, and I'm not making this up because he tried to get them to eat vegetables in order to stave off the scurvy that was killing them. Uh, perhaps, understandably, the sailors were also much more concerned with building a new ship out of the wreckage of their old one than they were with scientific documentation of the animals they found. Faced with this apparently huge scientific discovery, Stellar had to bribe the sailors to help him handle the massive sea cow carcasses he found with scrounged cigarettes. And even then, the carcasses he managed to get ended up being badly damaged by what he called the sailors' ignorance and dislike for their work. Reading Stellar's accounts of the animals is thus kind of a trip. Here's just some of his description. It is not the sea cow of Aristotle, for it never comes upon dry land to feed, but it can use its forelimbs for a number of tasks. Swimming, walking on the shallows of the shore, supporting himself on the rocks, digging for algae and sea grasses, fighting and embracing each other. Now I'm picturing sea cows hugging. Stellar went on to write, It is covered with a thick hide, more like unto the bark of an ancient oak than unto the skin of an animal. The manatee's hide is black, mangy, wrinkled, rough, hard, and tough. It is void of hairs and almost impervious to an axe or to the point of a hook. Despite this imperviousness, Stellar's notes may also reveal the cause of the sea cow's demise. A man in a boat, or swimming naked, can move among them without danger, and select at ease the one of the herd he desires to strike, and accomplish it all while they are feeding. 
The first thing one might notice is Stellar's random inclusion of skinny dipping, but sailors stranded on an island have to make their own fun, I guess. The second takeaway for me from this is that the sea cow had lived for millions of years without man or other large predators, and was completely unprepared to deal with them. The hunts were massacres. The sailors would literally kill more sea cows than they could possibly eat. Because the animals were so large, they were impossible to haul into a small boat. So the way they were hunted was the sailors would kill as many as they could in the hopes that some would wash ashore to be eaten. The sea cows could not even dive to escape. Their blubber and adaptation to their cold environment also caused them to float on the surface of the water. They could not dive if they wanted to. You might think that the sea cow could have survived even this insane level of hunting, given the very remote nature of their habitat. This isolation didn't last very long, however, due to, ironically, another marine mammal first discovered by Georg Steller on that same voyage, the sea otter. This animal's silky pelts caused the Russian fur industry to go into overdrive overnight, which ended up providing something of a double whammy for the sea cow. For one thing, Westerners began visiting the far eastern coast of Russia in much larger numbers than they ever had before. More broadly, the ensuing large dip in sea otter populations caused a boom in the populations of the sea otter's favorite prey, the sea urchin. And the sea urchin's favorite food just happened to be kelp. The kelp forests dwindled, and with them, the last of the sea cows. By 1755, the Russian outpost that had been established on the Commander Islands received an order prohibiting the hunting of sea cows, which were already extremely rare. However, by that point it was too late. It's not known exactly when the last sea cow died, but the last known credible account is from 1768, when the explorer Martin Sauer described seeing one killed by hunters in his journal. The sea cow is one of the few entire species of large animals known to have gone extinct in historical times. In fact, no marine mammal species that we know of went extinct during the centuries between the sea cow's demise and the declaration in 2006 that the Baiji, also known as the Yangtze River Dolphin, was likely extinct. Unlike his namesake sea cows, Georg Steller did make it off Bering Island. He also discovered the fur seal and several other local species, many of which also bear his name today. Thankfully, Stellar's Sea Lion, Stellar's Jay, Stellar's Sea Eagle, and Stellar's Eider, a kind of ocean-going duck, all still survive today. He spent the next two years exploring the Kamchatka Peninsula on Russia's east coast, where he was at one point arrested for fomenting rebellion due to his sympathies for the natives. Upon being freed, he headed back west across Siberia, but he caught a fever and died at the village of Tayumen at the age of 37. Most of his findings were not published until after his death. Today, you can still see sea cow bones in several museums across the world, including an almost complete skeleton here in my hometown of Washington, D.C. at the Smithsonian's National Museum of Natural History. That skeleton washed up on Bering Island in the 1880s, and bleached skeletons can still be found on the beaches of the region today. And if you want to imagine meeting one in person, 
You can either go to an aquarium with manatees or visit manatees in the wild in Florida or other areas where they can still be found. And you can think of what it would be like to meet their much, much bigger cousin. If you liked this episode of The Extinction Files, please rate and review us on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you prefer. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at extinctionfilespodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. The hosting for the Extinction Files is provided by Podbean. My name is Daniel Jocelyn. Next time, we'll be discussing perhaps the most surprising extinction story of all time. A bird that was at one time considered the most populous in North America, with flocks that would darken the sky for hours as they went past. It'll be a discussion of the passenger pigeon, next time on The Extinction Files.